This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon, this is Front Row on The Bigger Picture and I'm Sharmila Ganesan. Any film geek worth their salt will know of Akira Kurosawa's movie Rashomon, which really set a new standard for storytelling on screen um, way back in 1950. So locally, the actor Studios' stage adaptation of that classic film has been staged multiple times and represents the company's 30-year collaboration with the Japan Foundation Kuala Lumpur. So now they're actually bringing it to stage again on the 29th of February to the 8th of March at the Kuala Lumpur Performing Arts Centre. And I have here with me the show's director, Joe Hasham. Um, no doubt a very recognisable voice here at the station. Um, I also have actor Omar Ali and Haruka Tanji, who is the Asia Centre Programme Officer with Japan Foundation Kuala Lumpur. How's everyone doing today? Oh, great. Yeah, great. Thank you yeah. for that wonderful introduction. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Yes. Um, so I think you corrected me off air before we started because mm. I was under the impression um, and your press release uh, also said this is the fourth staging that um, Actor Studio is doing of Rashomon, mm. but you said no, it's no, it's not. It's it's actually it's the fifth. I don't know why our marketing people, because what happened was in nine, in two thousand and three and two thousand and four, Farida's productions, because she directed those productions, there were three stagings of that, mm. and then in two thousand thirteen, uh, the one that you're familiar with uh, was the modern. Mm. staging of it, which I directed. So that was the fourth one. So this one, in fact, is numero number five. And the very first one was way back in... the 2003. 2003. Yeah, but Farida actually acted in in a Malay version of it in 19... Whenever. <laughs> no, 1974. Right, right. 1974, she played the wife. Ah, so, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is the second time then that you are directing yes. Rashomon. Yes, the first, the first time that Farida did it, uh, I was the artistic director and also mm-hmm. the adapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is Rashomon worth revisiting so many times? Well, it's, it's such an iconic piece, you know, uh, uh, and, and also the fact that when audiences come out, at the end of the play, they wonder, who's telling the truth? <laughs> Nobody knows and it's never revealed. So I think it's the mystery. It's also the content of it and, and, and there, are, there are so many different versions of the story. So it's a classic tale and I think that's what, that's what makes us wanting to keep on bringing it back. Mm. Yeah. Haruka, tell us, um, for those of us who may not know the story, mm-hmm. what is Rashomon about? Uh, Rashomon is about, uh, it's just like uh, the Joe just mentioned. Uh, it's about the, uh, the dis- description about the very, very deep part of the human being. It's, although it's a, uh, based on the Japanese novel, which is very famous and popular until now. Uh, the main concept is about the uh, how we... Mm, it's about the human's ego. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it basically presents... Mm. Um, a crime is committed in mm. the inner forest and uh, there are four versions yes. of um, there are four versions of how that crime happened who did it yes. um, mm. who was responsible and what the motivations were correct and we never know 
till the end which mm. version it is. So really, it's yeah. that original, um, unreliable narrator. Yes. Um, and, and then, you know, the narrative structure as well. It moves back and forth. Um it is a seminal film, obviously, mm. and, and it lends itself very well to being a film. Yes. How does it work when you adapt that for stage, Joe? Uh, it, I believe it works very well, uh, not because I'm clever or anything. No, really, it's just that it's such a, it's such a great story, Shamila, that, that you, you, you'd have to be an idiot to screw it up, mm. you know. Uh, the story unfolds. As as it as it as it progresses, of course. But what we have done when Farida first directed it back in two thousand and three, uh, when she asked me to adapt it, she asked for an additional character to be put in, and that's the character of the gatekeeper, mm. who who was akin to the the uh, uh, a Greek chorus, but much more evil and and much more fun. Uh, but it it does it works very well on stage, and of course. With the music, you know, the wonderful music that we have, which is all done in-house. We have four musicians. Uh, a lot of it is very percussive with Japanese flute accompaniment. Uh, and the set, we only saw the set yesterday and it's, it's mind-blowing. It really is. So no, it does lend itself very much. Plus the costuming and now the fact that we're doing it in three languages, you know, Japanese, Mandarin, English. Uh, it's just wonderful. So this staging is going back to its period setting. Yes, mm. yes, yes. And uh, Omar, tell me, uh, you're, you're one of the actors, of course. You're <laughs> yes. playing uh, the samurai. The samurai, yes. uh, But tell me about the characters and then more about your own as well. The characters, like all of the characters? Yeah, know? well, I suppose there are four main, five main ones, mm. I, right? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never really counted, but, <laughs> yeah, but yes. Um, uh, I think what's interesting, what's most interesting about, uh, I mean, from the uh, from from an actor's perspective in uh, in doing this production is that because they are four different accounts or four different stories, so essentially, um, like for example, like my character, for example, then you can have four visions. Mm. Of 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 that one character, yeah. Because it because it, you it, it play differs. yourself in each person's telling, don't it, you? Precisely. Yeah. So so it's it's not, you know it's it's really fun that way because we get to to really explore that. Oh, in this person's version, I'm you know more of a terrible person or whatever, or or in my own version. And you know, as as, as Tanji mentioned, it's about the ego. It's about um, uh, reality being perceived through the ego of the. Of the individual, so that kind of sort of stuff makes you know being part or acting in this production just amazing because you can go so many ways with it. Mm. Yeah. Who is your character within the context of the story? Well, the samurai is the murdered man, uh, <laughs> the guy that gets killed over and over and over mm. again. So that's, that's a lot of fun as well. That's in a lot of fun in ways. many different ways. Yeah, many different ways, many different versions of how 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 he dies or how I die, right? Yes. So yeah, that's that's been. Been a magical ride. <laughs> who are the other actors who are playing the main characters? Oh, we have uh, Dopo Narita, who is a Japanese, a wonderful Japanese actor, but resides in Malaysia. Uh, he was in the 2013 version, playing the same role of the bandit. Mm -hmm. Plus, we have Maya Goshima, who we brought out about six years ago to do our dance version of A Streetcar Named Desire. Because Farida and I went over to Tokyo and uh, uh, auditioned some some dancers, and she was one of the dancers we brought back. And then when we decided to do Rashomon again, we thought of Ah Maya, 
So, and she's proving to be such a wonderful. So, and, and they, and the fact that they are Japanese and the fact that they speak that mother tongue just adds so much more to the production. Mm. And also the fact that people like Omar, uh, who is not Japanese and yet speaks some Japanese, as do. No, he does, doesn't he? He speaks. Yeah, he does it quite well. well. You're very kind. And plus, all the other, all the other characters, Shamila. They, they, you know, because it's in these three languages, it's the my main task as a director was to make it seamless, to make so that it didn't jar when when someone spoke this and then another one responded in that, Uh, and the way it's worked has been just magical with a lot of help from the cast, of course. So I am curious how these three languages, so Japanese, English and Mandarin, Mm. how do they work? Do characters just switch seamlessly or do different characters speak different languages? Yes, there are different. I mean, for instance, the two protagonists, Mm -hmm. the the bandit and the wife, uh, they they speak Japanese, Mm. uh, totally Japanese. Uh, Omar's character, the samurai, he speaks English and some Japanese. there are other, like the priest, played by Lee Sui Kyung, he speaks Mandarin. Mm. And so, and the gatekeepers, they speak English. They also answer in, in Mandarin sometimes, also in Japanese. The wonderful thing is that we have this cast who have given themselves to this whole concept of, of if you speak to me in Japanese, I will respond maybe a little bit in Japanese and then continue in English. Mm. And that keeps the flow going so that it's not... Japanese English. It's Japanese with a bit more Japanese and then go into the English. Why did you make this choice? Because I felt that I've always wanted... I mean, the the version that I directed in 2013 was a modern version. I wanted to go back to the traditional version of Rashomon. And I felt uh, that to do the traditional version... Number one, you must have Japanese-speaking people in it. You must. And, and it's just proven to be so successful in that, in that sense. And then I thought, okay, if I have Japanese, not everyone can speak Japanese. In, in the previous versions, the priest spoke Mandarin. So we have him speak Mandarin. And then the others, they speak English. But it, it won't be confusing at all because there'll be huge surtitles for the audience to follow. So there'll be absolutely no problems whatsoever. That's the reason. Mm. Because of the, the, the authenticity and, and, and the, the, the feeling that I wanted it to be so real and stick to the Japanese-ness of mm-hmm. it. Is that a word? Japanese-ness? It, it can be a word. It is now. We've just invented <laughs> it, right? <laughs> Japanese-ness. <laughs> and Omar, what is that like um, to be a part of a cast that's speaking in different languages? What does that add to the dynamic of the performance? I think it's fantastic. I, I mean, um, like for me, one, one of the things I really, that for me, I, I, what I found uh, very uh, interesting was the fact that um, there, is, uh, there are certain things I think uh, might be lost in translation. Um, little pun, movie pun there as well. <laughs> but um, uh, like, for example, what I've what, what I've learned from my my uh, my castmates, my Japanese castmates, you know, when when uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Tanji. Mm-hmm. Like, if you say, for example, um, uh, please kill him, for example, mm-hmm. right? Koroshite uh, kudasai. In Japanese, there's no. It's not definitive. You don't really say kill him. It's just. Please kill, right? Mm-hmm. Koroshite kudasai means uh, please kill. Mm-hmm. So 
the context, so to feed in the context of the perhaps the possible misunderstanding in this whole uh, piece is that when you say that, it could mean kill me, please. Mm. So like, for example, like the wife can be looking at the husband, the samurai saying, kill me, please. But if he, he can misunderstand that, thinking that he's, you know, she's talking to the bandit saying, kill him, please. Mm-hmm. So that feeds into the, the, the whole... Um, uncertainty. Uncertainty yeah. and misunderstanding or, or looking uh, at reality through our egos, as, as, as you mentioned. Mm. So that I found, uh, I'm playing with the language um, and the fact that, that a lot of things are, are still in Japanese makes the whole process a lot more, a lot more exciting for me. Mm. We do need to take a quick break, um, but we're definitely going to continue this conversation when we come back. I'm speaking with director Joe Hasham, actor Omar Ali, and Japan Foundation Kuala Lumpur's Asia Center Program Officer Haruka Tanji about Actor Studios' latest staging of Rashomon, which is on from the 29th of February to the 8th of March. We'll be back after a short break. You're listening to Front Row on the Bigger Picture. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Front Row on the Bigger Picture, and I'm Sharmila Ganesan. Today I'm speaking with director Joe Hasham, actor Omar Ali, and Japan Foundation Kuala Lumpur's Asia Center Program Officer Haruki Tanji about Actor Studios' latest staging of Rashomon. Um, it's on from the 29th of February to the 8th of March at the Kuala Lumpur Performing Arts Center. Uh, so before the break, we heard a little bit about um, what this version is going to be like. Um, it is also, though, significantly the 70th anniversary of the original Rashomon, the movie's release. Um, Haruka, I thought it would be nice to hear from you. Um, could you explain to us what sort of place this movie um, Rashomon has within Japan and more widely that kind of adulation that Kurosawa has mm. within Japanese film culture? Um, this uh, film is very, very special film for Japanese people uh, because this film was uh, released in 1950. 1950, 1950, 1950, and which is uh, just five years after the end of the World War II. Mm. And um, after that, Japanese people lost uh, all the hopes and uh, the plight to be uh, Japanese. Then uh, uh, when we got the news of the, uh, the Golden Lion Award, this, this hugely uh, made us... Um, uh, restore the, our plight. Mm. Mm. So it was very, uh, what to say, uh, very, very special for Japanese people in that sense. Mm. And after that, uh, uh, before that, the Japanese filmmakers are tend to create the uh, enter- entertainment pieces, uh, which is uh, will be appreciated by all the people, everybody. Mm. But after this uh, Golden Lion Award, uh, uh, the Japanese filmmakers uh, tried to make more artistic uh, mm. pieces. Mm. Is Rashomon still viewed as an important piece in Japan? Yes, it is. Yes. Mm. Um, and so, Joe, when we talk about something like this, what are some of the challenges of adapting such a seminal piece of work for the stage? Well, uh, it's, it's a huge challenge. Uh, you're quite right. Uh, but fortunately, fortunately, I had the Kurosawa film <laughs> as a as a ref, as a major reference. Uh, plus, of course, uh, Akutagawa's short story. Mm. Uh, so that that made it so much easier for me to adapt. Um, and and it the difficulty actually was because I was force fed 
uh, Rashomon the film when I was at NIDA, when I was studying to be an actor mm -hmm. all those years ago. And it was just such, it's such an iconic piece of filmmaking uh, that you think, oh, my God, I'm going to adapt this for the stage. People are going to laugh at me. Am I going to be able to do it properly? It was very difficult, but it, over time, it touchwood worked out okay. Mm. You know, uh, the challenge I think was being true to the film, and, and not just to the film, but to Akutagawa's essential story. Mm. You know, uh, and and that was that was the challenge. Uh, fortunately, there was the uh, uh, English translation by. Takashi Kojima. Ah, I always have trouble remembering that name. Uh, so I had that to, to also rely on as well. Is, um, so I'm very much the film geek. Mm. I actually haven't read the story that it's based on. Um, are there significantly other differences or, or, you know, between sort of the soul of the original and the film? Well, I mean, like any film, uh, if it's adapted, if, if you adapt a short story, then of course there are going to be many things that are not in the mm. film. I think the, the the main core of the story is there in the film. Uh, it's it's all about. I mean, you know, actually Akutagawa had a uh, a rather un un uh, what's the word unenviable reputation. He was considered to be arrogant and, and all of these sorts of things. But when you read his story, you think, oh, my God, this man is just amazing, mm. you know, absolutely amazing. So the when I'm sure, I mean, I can't get inside Kurosawa's head. I wish I could have. But I'm sure when he, was a, when he adapted it into a film, he looked at all of the material that Akutagawa had written and chose the pieces that he thought, because he's such a genius filmmaker, to make the film, mm. yeah. And Omar, what about in terms of when you perform in a work that, again, has been viewed by so many people? Mm. Is there a certain kind of pressure or intimidation um, that Huge. you're going to be inevitably compared? Huge. <laughs> Huge. The fact that I'm this, you know, this this, this uh, Malaysian boy trying to be Japanese. Is, <laughs> and I'm acting, you know, opposite Japanese actors. There's huge pressure. But they, they've been very, you know, supportive and kind. And, and um, I, I hope everything's going to go, go well, yeah. You're reprising the role, though, right? No, no, I'm, I'm not. I, and in the previous production, I played uh, the judge or the inspector. Ah, you played the judge. Yes, okay, yeah. all right. Which in itself is kind of interesting because... Uh, you know, in a sense, uh, I'm shifting perspectives mm -hmm. uh, in a story about shifting perspectives. Mm. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of cool. And that was also the modern version, wasn't that was it? The modern yes. Version. Yeah. So, yes, yes. what does it feel like now to be doing uh, the period version of it? Amazing. Yeah. Like uh, as you mentioned, you know, we just saw the set uh, yesterday, and it's just uh, the. the the whole feel of the whole thing is, is very different because I mean, yeah, I mean it was adapted well in you know for the modern version, but but the whole the whole spirit of of the story um, is is very I would say works so much better yes. in, in in the period. Yeah, mm. and Haruka, you know, as someone who is Japanese mm. and and obviously you do a lot of work within the the cultural area, what is it like watching um, these kinds of connections being made? You know, um, a Malaysian adaptation of uh, such an important. Um, Japanese film. I see. Uh, well, for me, whenever I see this uh, 
kind of what to say uh, the challenge. I I'm really uh, how to say impressed, and I really enjoy it actually as a as one of the audiences. Yes. It mm. do does it give you a new perspective on something mm, that's already yeah. familiar? Yes. Um, when we Japanese uh, make uh, any performance based on Japanese uh, script, uh, our mindset is always Japanese. Mm. So we can only make that uh, performance from our point of view. Mm. But if that piece was adapted and uh, recreated by the people who has a different backgrounds, it's it's what to say uh, the 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 performance will be totally different one with the different perspective, different uh, essence, and it will be never come out from the foreign Japanese. So it is really, really a uh, pleasure to see, mm-hmm. always. Mm. Mm. And on that note, it is also Japan Foundation KL's mm. 30th year of collaborating with the Actor yes. Studio. Um, tell me about the value of these kinds of collaborations. Yes, um, among the um, many collaborations we have uh, organized with the local uh, uh, partners, uh, this uh, collaboration with Actors Studio is uh, also very special one for us because uh, for both of us, uh, ninth, no, last year, last year was our 30th anniversary mm-hmm. and uh, Actors Studio has been uh, one of our most important uh, local partners in, uh, to work, with, work in this arts and culture mm-hmm. field and uh, yeah it's uh, always very important to have a good partner to work with uh, in in the in the local as a local people can i just say that 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 uh, without the japan foundation over the past 30 years not just for the actor studio but i think for the majority of performing arts companies in in malaysia the Japan Foundation has been at the forefront of all of the other cultural offices that, 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 that we have in, in, in Malaysia. Uh, maybe because they, they, I don't know, I don't know why, but they have been so, so supportive uh, of the performing arts of Malaysia in general and specifically for the Actors Studio, we have been such, they have been such wonderful partners you know, they have, we have collaborated with them on so many productions, bringing out so many wonderful Japanese products. And the wonderful thing about when, whenever we say to an audience, oh, this is, this is coming from Japan, they go, oh, wow, must see, must see. <laughs> you know? So it, from that point of view, it's, it, it's wonderful collaborating with them. And, and we're just so happy that they have come on board. But they would have been a bit silly not to, right? 30 <laughs> years and 30 years. Uh, it makes, you know, 30 years and 30 years. An isometry, years. that's yeah, right. <laughs> but um, to go back to Rashomon then, mm. um, I, was, I was wondering as I was preparing for this interview, um, you know, it's a 70-year-old movie based on a story that's even older. Mm. Um, what kinds of relevance or, or connections do you see with this tale um, and today's world? And is that something that you think about when you're working on it this time? Mm. Did you, have you, are you aware of the news? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. you know, what mm. can I say? Do I need to say any more? <laughs> it, it is very relevant. It mm. is so relevant because, you know, you, it's, it's, depends on which person's truth you believe. Mm. 
uh, and there are many truths. And sometimes every person thinks they're telling the truth. Well, they are, according to them, but I'm sure they know that they're not, you know. Mm. Uh, and we, were, we just happened to be having a meal when the news came out of what was happening and we thought, oh, my God. It's Rashomon all over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, um, Game of Thrones is the more yes. uh, modern reference that people keep going yes. to. Mm. But I always feel like Rashomon is one of those that every time you have these political machinations, mm. um, Rashomon yes. is such a great frame mm. yeah. to go back yeah. to as well. And of course, you know they have. They, there's a they've coined a term now. Afraid the Rashomon effect. Mm-hmm. Mm. It, it's it's very mm. yeah. So it's yeah. It's just one of those amazing. Experiences. Mm. I won't even call it a piece of theatre. It's an experience. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and, um, it's so universally relevant to you know to the human experience. Really, I mean, like like a lot of uh, lectures on philosophy begin with you know the the, the lecturer is talking about the Rashomon effect. And I, I know we you know we spoke about you know big events like you know you know like you, you know like you said you know all this you know politics and whatever, but. Even on a smaller scale, mm. on a, I mean, like just this radio interview, for example, we're all going to go back, you know, with a very different mm. version of, you know, of the truth or what mm. our truth is, you know, and what we remember to be true. So that, I think, is, is something that is very important for us to think about, you know, in, in this world of information warfare, of information mm. technology and fake news. And fake news. Yeah. It is insane. So, so I think, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful reminder for us to, to have a look and really... Not to just check sources, but even check ourselves in our own biases um, to to reality. Mm. Uh, and Rashomon, you know, as, as you mentioned, um, Aruka, about about perceiving real, reality through um, through the ego, the human mm. ego. And I think more of us understand that, appreciate the fact that we we are subjected uh, to that. Um, and I think perhaps. Maybe we can have a better world, mm. you know, with a bit of humility, I suppose. Intelligent, huh? <laughs> Omar, you surprise me. <laughs> Why don't you show this intelligence during rehearsal? Oh, no, I want to put myself in rehearsal. Forget about I'm an actor. <laughs> so I was going to say, though, that um, the part that does to me sometimes feel, oh, this is a movie from 70 years ago, this is a story from a long time ago, is things like the gender dynamics, for instance, the emphasis on mm. female purity, mm. um, the emphasis on um, men generally having the say over what a woman gets to do. Yes. Um, so now when you stage a story like that in today's world, mm. do you stage it straight? Do you play around with it and, and make it... Um, we, we, we... Okay. Can I be perfectly honest with you? Of course, <laughs> always. I, I do not like political correctness, Hmm. all right? But I must say that because of the subject matter of the play, because of the fact that this woman gets violated in so many different ways, uh, we have, or as, as a director, I have couched the violation in a manner that is probably ambiguous. Uh, that's not because of political correctness. I just, I just feel that because of the story, mm. because of the mm. conflicting mm. stories, yes. that, that it's, it, it seems to work that way. But we do have a trigger warning on our things that uh, there is uh, physical and sexual violence uh, in, in the production. Mm. But I don't think anyone will get truly 
offended, but but those who have experienced mm. physical or sexual violence, it's best that they know before they go mm. in and watch it. Mm. Mm. And also that's, a, that's an important part of the story as well, mm. a different, different perspective. Mm. Because, you know, to certain perspectives, you know, it was not, um, you know, uh, what, what the wife would, uh, mm. would testify, for example. So that, that sort of, uh, I mean, it's the, the angle of the story, really, um, yeah. about, about different perspectives and different uh, realities and, and um, about even lies even. Yeah. And, and as you rightly said earlier, that when it was originally performed in the film, these kind of issues were not very much in the forefront. Mm. You know, it was, it was the, the uh, um, ex- expected thing that, oh, the man says this and so it must happen like this or oh. the man is entitled to belt up his wife and, and throw her around or belt up someone else's oh. wife. So it, it, wasn't, it didn't have the kind of effect that it would have now mm. Mm. and that's why... We, we have couched it in a slightly different way, uh, but still maintaining to the truth of the story, if there is such a thing in Russia, Mom. Yes, I know. It's a slippery slope with that one, isn't it? Well, thank you so much, everyone. Uh, thank you very thank you much. So much. And, and can I just say thank you to the Japan Foundation? Thank you, Japan Foundation. <laughs> thank you, Akshat Studio. <laughs> I must and say. thank you, BFM. Oh, you're welcome. Thank yes. you. Always a pleasure. Thank um, you. On that congenial note, <laughs> <laughs> I've been speaking with director Joe Hasham, uh, actor Omar Ali, and Japan Foundation Kuala Lumpur's Asia Centre Program Officer Haruka Tanji about Actor Studio's latest staging of Rashomon, which is on from the 29th of February to the 8th of March at the Kuala Lumpur Performing Arts Centre. Tickets are priced from 60 ringgit to 100 ringgit and can be purchased at proticket.com.my or at the Kalepak box office. If you've missed any part of this interview or any previous front row segments, you can download the podcasts on bfm.my, on our BFM app or on Spotify. You've been listening to Front Row on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business station.